To quote one of my broadcasting heroes, Lance Russell, yellow again, everybody. Lee K. Howard. <laughs> I thought you were going to quote me for uh, a second. No, not for a second. It is a Facebook <laughs> Live Friday, and we are going to take your questions, your comments via Facebook about the football Wildcats tomorrow, the basketball Wildcats tonight. It has not been the week a lot of UK fans thought or were hoping for, hoping for a win over Georgia last week, an SEC championship berth. That didn't happen. And then you were there Tuesday for the Ooh. Tuesday night massacre. Yeah, I was there. I saw that firsthand. I, I think <laughs> everybody saw exactly what happened. Mm. But yeah, this was, you know, we haven't had many of these uh, Facebook Fridays where we're coming off of a loss yeah, two in of them, one especially. sport. Now we're coming off of two of them. So yeah, uh, of course, the, the loss in football we'll get to first the, against the Georgia Bulldogs. The Wildcats played, you know, I mean, I, like I said, they played well, but they were just clearly outmatched against the Georgia team that, that deserves to make it back to the SEC championship. Yeah, with so much anticipation in that game, the crowd was electric. I mean, you had to get goosebumps from the national anthem to my old Kentucky home. I mean, it was a special moment, and Georgia ripped it away with that big punt return. They go up 7 nothing before anybody is really – engaged in the game they were engaged in the moment yeah the popcorn was still hot. I mean gosh yeah and nobody sat down though for the first half I thought that was pretty cool in the, the lower bowl nobody was sitting give the give the fans credit and if you were out there watching give yourself credit because yeah. if you were out there in the stadium because you know that game was over early and the Wildcats were trying to make it up but the crowd stayed engaged I looked at you know about three four minutes left in the game and the stadium was still 90% full. Sure was. I mean, I think people understood the moment. They understood they weren't going to win the game, obviously, but they were still there. And so, yeah. I mean, atmosphere-wise, that's got to be one of the coolest uh, atmospheres that Kroger Field has seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mentioned afterwards, loudest I've heard it in 20 years, and that counts the LSU, the Louisville games. That counts the Georgia game when mm -hmm. they ripped the goalpost down uh, in 06. You took some I flag mean, for that, too, saying that it was as loud as – Loudest as I've heard it. That doesn't yeah. mean it's – everybody but yeah the loudest I've heard it when UK came out onto the field that place was stoked had Absolutely. it been a seven o'clock game and people had a few extra hours to prepare <laughs> woof, look out anyway let's get to the show cats lost to Georgia over the weekend that we know the Wildcats dropping to 12 in the AP poll in the latest college football playoff ranking the cats are number 11 so they can still climb it they still have a lot of work left to do we'll get to that in a minute no surprise, Alabama, they have the number one spot in just about any rankings that you can come up with. Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, they are your top four at the moment. That certainly you'd think would change to some degree over the next couple of weeks. Michigan still has to play Ohio State, and who knows what will happen. Georgia is up a spot to number five in uh, that poll, and Oklahoma is six. So when you look at those six teams. I mean, there's going to be some movement at some point. You would think Michigan with a loss would drop out. If they beat Ohio State, they jump ahead a couple of spots. Yeah, I mean, there's still something to play for for these Wildcats. And we were we were disappointed, obviously, with the loss to Georgia because that takes out the goal of an SEC championship and things like that. But, you know, the Kentucky Wildcats are still, excuse me, in the conversation for a lot of things and, and big yeah, bowl games. And so, you know, Kentucky being in the top 15 still is is a big deal for this program and for Mark Stoops. Oh, no doubt about it. And speaking of rankings and where you rank in yeah. teams, individual play, you know, Benny Snell is one of these guys. He's got a lot to play for personally besides just the wins and losses. Now, Kentucky will go to a bowl. Sure. The last three games of the season will decide how prestigious that bowl is going to be. Is it a Peach Bowl? Is it a Fiesta? Who knows what it's going to be? But uh, Benny Snell, he's 
had a lot of, to do with this success. Yeah, he does. And all season long, Snell, he's been crossing off the list of his personal goals yeah. that he's been working toward. Snell has the touchdown record already. He's eclipsed that 1,000-yard mark yep. once again for a third straight season. But he's still got more goals in sight. The biggest one is the rushing record. Um, I'm 300 yards away from that. And I got three games left, so that's, 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 that's the one I'm on now. I'm off it right now. It feels good. Um, well, another complex in Joe Craft Center. Pretty <laughs> it's kind of loud there. Practice. <laughs> no, he was talking about though. It's a that's a cool accolade. He's focused on winning, but mm -hmm. but you know he is right there, 300 or so yards away from Sonny Collins' record. Yeah. And now you got to keep in mind, Sonny Collins did it in four years, what Benny's about to try to do in three years, which is just unbelievable. Well, I think something else that has to come into play is Kentucky has had so many different identities on offense over the decades. And I thought personally, I said, well, that, that Sonny Collins record, that'll stand forever uh, because Kentucky went through the air raid phase and then they were kind of a, a mix and a match and then they're more ground and pound and then decide to throw it for 300 something yards. Uh, they've never had a true identity like Nebraska had in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s. They're running the wishbone. Oklahoma running the wishbone. You knew you were going to have some running records in from those teams like that, but Kentucky for years, you didn't win a lot, so you had to throw it more to, right. to rally. So I think this is uh, a, a one for the books if he's able to beat Sonny. Yeah, absolutely would be. Now, Kentucky's hopes of playing for an SEC championship, of course, they were dashed against Georgia, but still plenty, Brian, to play for this season for the Wildcats. Oh, no doubt. And, you know, the Cats, they're approaching the final three games. It starts with uh, Tennessee. The place Kentucky has been snake bitten or vol bitten or whatever you <laughs> want to call it since 1984. But the Cats can still win 10 games. They can still put themselves in a great bowl game. We have a chance to uh, we have a chance to have a 10 a 10 win season, which has which has only been done here twice in school history. We have a chance to win uh, six SEC games, which has only been done here once or twice in the school history. So, I mean, what we lost was pretty significant, obviously, but there's still so many things to pick up on and to strive for that could turn this program around and make a lot of people proud for many years to come. And let's talk for a second about Cash's club there. Both both Cash <laughs> and Jordan Jones this past <laughs> week, the Q-Tip brothers, as Mark Stoops called them, playing with the big club. The good thing is Stoops has said that they're going to, uh, since Cassius is healing more, they're going to be able to cut that cast down significantly and give him some wrist movement mm -hmm. as well. So he'll have a little bit mo more mobility. He didn't know exactly, I'm talking about Stoops, he didn't know exactly about Jordan because he's a little bit further behind on his recovery than, right. he, than Cash, exactly what he would be dealing with. But that's got to help Cash just a little bit because you could tell in that game against Georgia, they tried to put Chris Oates in there when they needed to drop Cash back into coverage or, or it was an obvious passing play. They needed to, you know, have a, a linebacker drop back into coverage because you can't catch a ball with a with a massive yeah. club on your not, not on too your often. Wrist. It would yeah. be impressive. <laughs> it, it would be the Fred Bolitnikoff stick'em, put it all over. That would be yeah. pretty cool. So hopefully, hopefully that helps Cash out uh, tomorrow in uh, in Knoxville. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, now, one thing to watch in this game: how many times? Josh Allen is able to get to the Tennessee quarterback, Jared Garantano. He's one and a half sacks shy of the school record. That's amazing. Yes, the current is. record is 26, set by Oliver Barnett in the mid to late 80s. Yeah, it is one of my goals, you know, when deciding to come back is to, you know, break 
all the records I, that I could, and just being a, a second and a half to go, you know, it's real, you know, it's a big thing. So, you know, but that's not that's not on my mind right now. My mind is to, to you know, to get ten wins, and especially to get this eighth win this week. And uh, if I don't get a sack for the rest of the season, as long as we keep winning, I'm fine with it. And that's the great attitude to take. I mean, that's a team player. Yeah, you want that record, and he may get it. He's going to get it. I, I think he's going to get it tomorrow. I do. Unless people just run in the different direction. You know, they if you see Josh Allen coming, I'm going to drop it off. Here's a screen pass. I'm not going to be that guy to, to have the sack. And don't think the other players on the other teams don't know about it. So now they have something. If, if I'm a lineman, offensive lineman, and I have to go up against Josh Allen, I don't want to be the guy that gives him that record. So there's some pride here. Uh, show a little pride, yeah. as Rob Brown would yeah. say. Well, and they and they move him. They're moving Josh around now. They're putting him sometimes on the interior, letting him yeah. blitz from there. He's uh, of course on the outside as well. I mean, I remember in a broadcast. I don't remember which game it was, but it was a couple of weeks ago when Jordan Jordan Rogers, Aaron Rogers' little brother, mm -hmm. was doing the broadcast uh, for Kentucky, and he talked about whenever he was the quarterback at Vanderbilt, and they played against South Carolina at the time. They had a guy named oh, Davion Clowney on the bad. other side, and he said every single time he walked to the line, he pointed <laughs> out exactly where Clowney yeah, was and shifted the entire line toward where he was. Josh Allen's starting to get some of that sort of treatment, and you can I, I can see Tennessee tomorrow wherever they line up. Josh Allen, uh, Garantano looking at the oh, at yeah. the line and going, okay, everybody shift over there yeah, where Josh Allen where is. is. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised, and I think this this sacks record would have fallen earlier had officials in the SEC had some guts to call some holding penalties because you get a holding penalty on a lineman, they start thinking about that. If I can get away with it, heck, I would do the same thing again the next time Allen rushes my way. Josh Allen has been held more at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield than any defensive player that that immediately comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dennis Johnson, he really he had one bull rush to the outside that he did all of the time, and he was highly successful at that. But Josh Allen is literally all over the place. Is he going to be a linebacker? Is he going to be a defensive end? Is he going to be an outside linebacker, an inside linebacker? Where is he going to come from? And uh, he is so mobile, he, he's a nightmare. All right, so talk, let's talk about this. Kentucky going to Neyland Stadium tomorrow, like you said, hadn't won since 1984 there in Knoxville. And the Wildcats are the favorite. That doesn't the Wildcats are a, a, like a six-point favorite, five-and-a-half to six-point favorite to win <laughs> on the road at Knoxville, I know this isn't the Tennessee team of, you know, the Phil Fulmer, Fulmer era and, and, you know, the big, the big Peyton Manning type teams, but it's still Tennessee. Yeah, it is. So to go down to Tennessee and, and get a win, that would be huge for the Wildcats. It, it would be in, impossible to think about because in your lifetime, pretty much, they've never won in Knoxville. Uh, I was nine the last time that they won in Knoxville. I was two. You know, way to go. Or I was, I was two years actually. old. I don't remember that game too well. Yeah. <laughs> I but. remember, you know, Johnny Majors had this look of, I can't believe this just happened. Kentucky just came in here and won. And Jerry Claber being lifted onto his players' shoulders. I think it would be pretty neat tomorrow if the players did that to Mark Stoops. Yeah, that You would. know, Tennessee has been that orange thorn in the side of Kentucky for so long. Why not lift the man up? Because it would be... Uh, on the way to a 10-win season, you think they're going to beat Middle Tennessee. The way Louisville has played, you think they're going to beat Louisville. 
And I think also with a win, I think it locks down a January one bowl game. I think matter. it does too. It, it, it's hard to believe it. Tomorrow is the final SEC football game of the year. I mean, that that's hard to believe as well. So maybe we need to have a, a prediction here um, for the game. You actually took one on the chin last week for the first I time. I did, and but the good thing about that in a, is in a weird way. The good the good thing about that is I could pick the cats this week. Yeah, I, I was can. I was picking against the cats so so all year long because it had been working for me, and I and I picked against them last week, and well, obviously that had nothing to do with it. So I'll go first this week. I, I think Kentucky wins this game. Uh, I, I think they should. They're they're a favorite of about six points or so. So I'm going to say 24. I'm going to say 24-14. That's a 10-point spread. I'll say 24-14 Kentucky gets the win at Neyland Stadium. I hope that happens. And Lee Corso would probably say, not so fast, my friend, because it's been a 16-game road-losing streak on Rocky Top. The streak comes to an end. It, I don't think it'll be easy because, for one thing, when Kentucky has gone down to Knoxville since 84, let's, so let's say since 86, the next time they went down, I have rarely heard Neyland Stadium nervous when Kentucky comes into play. That mm -hmm. place seats 100,000. It's always a very quiet 90,000, 80,000 because they know they're going to beat Kentucky with the exception of when Andre Woodson and them lost, I think, 16 to 12, 17, 12, something like that. It's been blowout city for the most part. Sure. Saturday is going to be loud in Knoxville because they cannot have the streak. Nobody wants to lose the streak. I think Kentucky wins. I'll say 23-16 that they get the win over Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee will kick a field goal or get a touchdown late just to you know keep it close. But I think Kentucky is going to control this game. And I think it starts early, unlike some of the, uh, the past games where Kentucky's fallen behind early. Okay, all right, let's talk some basketball now. They do play basketball. They, it's, it's basketball season as well. There's actually a game tonight. Tuesday night, I was sitting on the court for that shellacking against Duke. Just an yeah. unbelievable sight there. I don't think many people saw that coming. Duke just overwhelmed the Wildcats early no. on, and, and it was over. And, and clearly, Duke has the more talented players. But I don't – and I think we saw Duke play better than what they will play in most games all season long as far as their shooting percentage and the way that they were just creating shots. And I think we saw Kentucky play worse than they're going to play yeah. in most games. I, I think – this will be one of the few times all season they're going to step on the court and be overwhelmed by the talent on the other side. And for it being the very first game of the year, that was too much for them to overcome. So I, I, I don't want to put too much into that. It's just going to take a while for the fan base to forget about what happened in Indianapolis. Yeah, had it happened against a team not called Duke yeah. or Louisville or Indiana, somebody that's close by or that you hate with a passion, I think it would be like, ah, well, you know, that happens. But because it was Duke, that really just puts a crawl on everybody. Sure. But, uh, you know, one thing I always think of, you know, there's always conspiracy theories. Why did this happen? And UK fans had so many theories as to what happened against Duke. And if you were on social media, they were surfacing well before halftime in that 34-point loss. The worst UK lost since Billy, Billy Gillespie's team got plowed by Vandy 10 years ago. Yeah, you know, it is evident that UK was on the ropes early on, taking on the, the Blue, Duke Blue Devils, a standing eight count late <laughs> in the first Boxing half. Term. I mean, young teams, they take time to gel, but Calipari talked about this week that he wasn't pleased with how selfish his yeah. team played. I thought our team, each guy was we were out there instead of playing for each other they were trying to get theirs that i had one guy call me and say it looked like your guys had their hair on fire 
I had another guy saying they were just so quick, one pass, and guys were people all over and I'm shooting it anyway, driving. Uh, the game was, we were, it was a 12-point game. I mean, and we took three bad shots, quick, contested. Basketball, all of a sudden, timeout. What are we doing here? That was a great question. What were they doing? Because it, cer it certainly wasn't team basketball when the deficit got to 15. I thought, honestly, I thought UK quit. Yeah, well, it kind of felt like toward the end of the first half that they had a chance to, you know, I thought if they could be within about 12 at halftime, second half, they could come out and, and really start to chip away. But that didn't happen. Second half, Duke came out and made yeah. another run and it pretty much buried him. So it, it was over. The good thing, though, so we can get out of this rut here, is the team <laughs> is back on the floor tonight against Southern Illinois, and they've got a real shot to, to get their first win of the season. Yeah, Cats are favored between 18, 19, 20 points against a team that did win 20 games last year. Sure. Finished second to Loyola of Chicago, and we remember what yeah. happened to them last Sister year. Sister Jean. The Ramblers went to the Final Four. They finished second in the Missouri Valley Conference a couple of games back of the Ramblers. But Cal said they have everybody returning from last year uh, of significance. So Cal thinks they could have a tough ball game. We'll see. I, I think Kentucky will get back on track pretty quickly, and the athletes will take over. And I think Kentucky wins by 20-plus. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a double digit. I don't know if it's 20 plus. It's yeah. maybe in the teens, uh, but but Kentucky gets a significant win tonight and doesn't have too much trouble with it. All right, that'll do it for Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys watching. We're going to be at Rupp Arena tonight, Neyland Stadium tomorrow. Back to Rupp Arena next week and places in between. High school football is tonight. The second round of the playoffs going to be cold. I'll be inside Rupp Arena, nice and warm and toasty. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you later.